It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, Happy New Year and welcome to the podcast, your chance for a weekly escape into the countryside with the team from BBC Country Farm magazine. We go walking into nature, meet fascinating people and bring some of the beauty of the natural world to you, wherever you are. My name is Fergus Collins and I'm the host of the podcast, but I'm not alone in this adventure. I'm joined by the podcast team of Jack Bateman and Hannah Tribe, whose encouragement, expertise, good humour and tolerance help keep me on track. And I'm glad to say they're in the studio today. Good to see you both. Hello, Happy New Year. Hello, Happy New Year. Hello. Now, obviously, we're in the remote studio, and um, it's lovely to see your faces on Teams again. Sadly, because of the latest COVID variant sweeping across the land, we are back in our bedrooms and home offices, which is a bit of a shame, but it was very nice towards the end of last year regular listeners will know that we did meet up a few times and had a bit of fun. And we're going to talk in this preview episode about our new series of podcasts for 2022, um, which is called Voices of the Countryside. But before before we get into that, I we haven't seen each other for a while. I'd love to hear what you've been up to in the wild world. How was your Christmas and did you get out and see anything? Hannah, how about you? I had a lovely Christmas, thank you. Yes, um... My whole family, well, most of my family live in the same village, so there was a lot of going back and forth, having lovely, extremely muddy walks, um, and we did manage to get a bit of sunshine here too, so it was lovely. Perfect. And rest, restful. Really, And no podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Jack? Were you out and about? It, well, yeah, I had a lovely Christmas. It was a weird one, I think, this year. I had, there was quite a bit of wet weather. Um, which obviously puts a bit of a stop on some of your, your, me getting out a bit. Um, but there's also some quite weirdly warm days. It's been very weird where I am. We sort of had a bit of a wet period, then a couple of days of quite warm weather, almost like summer evening type weather. And then now it's kind of gone really chilly and it's kind of become more winter now. It's been really, really weird. It has. It really has. You both mentioned wet weather. Um, it was wet. Gosh, wasn't it wet? Every Every single day. 
And for someone who likes to get out, I mean, I know all of us do, but I, I've got, I sort of went through the went through the veil to the other side where it was, oh, it's wet. I can't do anything. I'm just going to stay in in the cosy and read some nature books and imagine being out in the wild. And it was a really nice kind of kind of nice period. But I did get out a little bit since you ask. Um, <laughs> uh, I I've been kind of interested in. Um, exploring the valleys of South Wales, which are really close to me. Uh, they sort of lie between where I live and where you live, Hannah, in Gower. So between us, there's the whole stretch of the great sort of industrial South Wales. And it's always intrigued me. And when I've driven through, I've always been amazed by the landscapes, which easily rival my local Brecon Beacons, but they're just not written about and they're not particularly visited by some tourists because they're just... They've got a reputation of being perhaps sort of sullied by industry and perhaps a bit down at heel, but actually it's just been thrilling to see some of the towns and beautiful landscapes walking some some of the forests and mountains there. And that's definitely what I'm hoping to do a bit more. Well, you know, and I hope that perhaps the three of us can do some adventures in that part of the world, certainly over the next, over the course of the year. I'm sure there's a lot of really interesting wildlife as well as human history to explore. The other thing I've been doing, oh, sorry. I just, I just can't believe you let the rain put you off. Uh, well, yeah, but there's, uh, do you know what? There's a guilty pleasure occasionally in not going out. And I, if the sun's shining, I feel, dr- or if, if it's even just spitting with rain, I feel driven to go and see things and sometimes I can find myself plodding through a miserable day and not seeing so slightly ruining the joy of being out <laughs> in the countryside so occasionally it's quite nice to light the fire pour pour a pour a drink and just Wallace and Gromit on the yeah, telly adding to tea. yeah yeah I watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang oh, this Christmas sweet. for the first time in 50 years um that's a great film can't believe I put it off all this time. So um, the other thing I've been doing is, so I've got very worried about green finches before Christmas because they've been put on the red list, which means that they are scarce in Britain, which is shocking, seeing as they are once really, well, in my in my in living memory, really, really common bird. So common that you sort of get off the bird feeders and let someone else have a go. But they've really reduced. So I've just been walking around the local streets listening out for them and starting to plot just it's quite hopeful actually because I hadn't seen any but once I've actually focused in on them this once common bird there's quite a few in Abergavenny so I'm pleased with my green finches so that's yeah so that's a couple a couple of great walks in the valleys a bit of green finch hunting and not a lot else Greenfin hunting, that's a problem isn't it? <laughs> yeah. it's make it worse. They're, they're delicious on taste <laughs> What were your best presents at Christmas? Oh, what an excellent question. I got a mincer. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the green, green finch mincer. <laughs> <laughs> I got a mincer, which uh, which I can make sausages and mincemeat and things like that. So that's quite <laughs> exciting <laughs> in, my, in my quest for self-sufficiency. Um, and some clothes and some food and lots of chocolate, that sort of thing. How about you? Was it, were, you uh, were you suitably rewarded what did you get jack i got more than i expected oh, <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Was... i've got to get my violin out usually it's just a lump of coal but i've got a satsuma this year as well <laughs> well do you get double because of your birthday no people have been quite nice 
I, I, my birthday is like a week before Christmas, but I've had nice family of friends that have kind of kept it quite separate still. Um, so I haven't had any like doubled up. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, lazy. That's lazy, isn't it? That's lazy. My my presents in the post, by the way. Um, <laughs> did Did you have a favourite present? I have a present that I got the most use out of because I had a red rubber rain hat, which is the most fun thing I think I've ever been given. A red rubber rain red hat. rubber rain hat. Yes, it's absolutely <laughs> okay. lovely. Um, it's like proper fisherman shape with the like short the front and long at the back, and the rain just runs off it. It is wonderful, and it's, you get like a full range of movement with your head. I highly recommend. What? Why were you complaining about the rain at Christmas? You should have been out all the time. Well, I wasn't. <laughs> I had a lovely time. And where, why aren't you wearing it? <laughs> I could go and get it if you want. Yes, please. <laughs> Yeah, me and Fergus both wearing ours. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I've been wearing my Christmas string vest. Oh, oh my goodness, it's like a proper... Pa- it's Paddington. That <laughs> is Paddington. The dream. I just need a duffel coat now. So Hannah's wearing a red Paddington hat and dungarees and looks perfectly perfectly set for a year of adventures in the countryside. The driest person you've ever seen. You look slightly like a farmer. I'm a fisherman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I mean, I do, I do feel like a question of any good Christmas presents was just so that she could show off. Pretty her new much, hat. it was definitely. A, <laughs> You've definitely seen a through boom- that particular room. It was a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> On the subject of practical and ridiculous and Christmas presents, we've got some presents for listeners for the year ahead. We should talk about our new season, or we'll run out of time. So it's called Voices of the Countryside, and that is a way of us really just talking to a whole range of different people and a whole range of different wildlife, and bringing the sounds, the countryside speaks for itself, through its rivers, through its wildlife, all those sort of things. Obviously, we're looking forward to doing a few things together. But I was lucky enough, I think that we'll start the season with a walk I did with my naturalist friend, Ben Hoare. So he's a writer. Uh, I've known him for 25 years. He's one of the best birders, bird-watching experts that I know. And he took me to a place on the North Somerset coast where we could listen to the sound of wading birds and curlews and other things like that. Just magical marshland. So proper voice of the countryside, Ben, lives in the Quantocks. This will be a perfect start to the season. We've got lots of other things there. I'm hoping that we will, us three, us we three musketeers, will make it out to a winter woodland where we can hear some other voices of the countryside and we can learn a bit of birdsong together. Is there anything you chaps are looking forward to? I am looking forward to hearing you and Jeremy Pound going out together. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, Jeremy is works for BBC Music magazine. And so we'll be exploring a different approach to how, how the landscape and countryside can be evoked through music. There are many great pieces of music from things like Vaughan Williams's Lark Ascending to anything by Elgar in the Mulvans create a sense of atmosphere and landscape and Jeremy is fantastically knowledgeable about that and he lives in the Cotswolds so which is the homeland of Vaughan Williams and Gustav Holst who wrote many beautiful pieces so we're going to talk music for once really looking forward to learning some for when I can't get out when it's raining some music to evoke the beautiful footpaths and hills that I, that I love. Also a special mention to Jeremy because he listens to 
every single podcast for us. He does. He's the he's the fourth musketeer. We must get him in. It'd be nice. Well, finally, he will get in. But he 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 listens and signs off the podcast before they go live. So, a big shout out to Jeremy. And if you're if you're listening to this one, <laughs> very best of luck. <laughs> Thank you. That's a lovely one. Yes, I, I'm really looking forward to the long promised. Oh, this is absolutely going to be magical when it does happen. Is no pressure then. No pressure at all. But H- Hannah and your love of the Welsh language and landscape and your exploration of that at some stage will bring forth the. I mean, you know, we've poured at maps of Wales, hundreds, hundreds of hours, and looked at those marvelous wonderful words and what they evoke and, and and the knowledge they contain so yeah I'm really looking forward to it here I'm a bit nervous because I've been thinking about this sort of thing for a really long time it means a lot to me to get it right and that's why it's been such a long time in the making but I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you that's as you you're you are the perfectionist we all need in our lives so um but it, yeah, I think I think it will be lovely, and I think it will kind of convey to a lot of people, sort of open up some of the mysteries, particularly those who don't live in Wales but come to visit, and sometimes make a few jokes about how the sort of bit tongue twistery some of the Welsh language, and actually be quite nice to sort of say, actually, it's not that difficult to say these words. Yeah, and the thing about the Welsh language as well is that it's phonetic. So once you know it, you know it. Nothing weird happens. There are mutations, so sometimes letters change in order to make it easier to say. It's just getting the kind of formulas right in your head first. Brilliant. Really looking forward to that. We've got some interviews with fascinating people. We've Well, we've, we're lucky enough to get a day out with Jane Lomas, who, for those who also watch the Countryfile TV programme, Jane is the series editor and has been for a couple of years now. Really interesting to get her insight into her countryside passions because she's always behind the scenes. You don't you she's the last person who appears on the credits when the program finishes on a Sunday evening. And uh, Annabelle Ross, our regular un- intrepid interviewer has been out with Jane. And Annabelle's also been out with Rebecca Wrigley, who is one of the founders of Rewilding Britain. And obviously Rewilding if you follow any environmental news at all, is big news and will continue to be big news as we look at how we need to use our landscapes in different ways, perhaps. Really interesting insight into some of those arguments. And perhaps later in the year, we'll be talking to um, farmers who may sort of have some other views on on rewilding. But it's a fascinating subject and definitely one to look out for and listen out for. Jack, what are you looking forward to? I think I'm looking forward to... I think it's just this time of year, it's very, it has a different sound to it than any time of the year. You, it's not quite spring, so you're not getting all the loud bird song and when everything sort, sort of kicks up, you've kind of got that bit of quiet and it seems everything seems a bit more delicate and fragile and everything kind of comes across a bit more, I don't know, you could be out somewhere and just a bird call just seems so much more crisp and kind of coming out of nothing. And I think that's what we're going to get a lot of this series is that sort of, kind of peace before the the chaos of spring yeah that's such a good point absolutely i mean i'm really looking forward to spring because we will suddenly be producing podcasts full of the color of birdsong but actually you're quite right that mustn't rush through these precious winter months where there's there is a starkness i think there's no more of beautiful sound this time of year than a crow 
sm- sort of mournfully cawing over a ploughed field, frosted ploughed field, and that sense of, oh, not much is out there, just the sort of stark and rather, yeah, that makes you kind of shiver with anticipation. I put my head out of the window this morning and it smelt like snow. It had that kind of cold sweetness. Slightly metallic-y, is it snow? Mm. What is Yeah. Well, we could do some snow casts. That would be great. I mean, that's one of the things that we, we haven't planned everything to the nth degree and things will change as we go um, because we do react to events. And if we do get snow, wow, we'll be out there plodding in the snow drifts and recording some of that lovely crunchy, crunchy, crunch sound. I think also we should we should end up in a cosy pub somewhere around a f- roaring winter's fire because that too, I think, is one of the great, just most perfect moments of a day out in the winter's countryside is seeing the glow i know this is a little bit dickensian sort of but you come off a hill you see the glow of the lights at dusk and you pile into the pub have a pint by the fire if we're allowed to my goodness who knows we might not be allowed in um they might not like the look of our faces but that would be lovely to capture that you know at the end of it at the end of a day the perfect finish do you like it do you like to go to a a pub in the evening jack is that something that people do anymore for me i feel like that's it's kind of one of those things of almost a bit like vinyl it was very much the thing to do kind of went out a bit out of fashion and i think now it's kind of drifting back into that's an, a nice thing to do it's quite a trendy thing to do is to go to a little old pub sit in there nice did and it ever go winter. out of fashion or am i the one who's gone out of fashion i've always enjoyed that sort of you're pointing at me hannah <laughs> Like I would never. weird. Well, not not as like gone out of fashion. I think there's a time where uh, the younger generation do stuff differently, and I think there's probably like a group of people that kind of didn't do that as much. And I feel like it's now there's a group of younger people coming back in and see the the charm of that and the the benefit of what the charm of a village pub. We go in and say I'd like a flat white and a sourdough sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> sourdough panini. Come uh, on. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, and then disappointed and have to settle for some lukewarm bitter and a pickled egg and and realising that there's a great joy in that by a nice roaring fire with a wet dog. How about you, Hannah? Are you, uh, would you, would you, would, would the appeal of a, or are you, are you more of a cup of tea? Oh, I don't know. I, I sort of grew up in pubs. Um, lots of, um, there were lots <laughs> of pubs in the village. And when I was little, my one of my best friends in school, her parents were the landlords of the pub. And even when we were sort of like 14, 15, we were able to go and play pool and stuff in the other pubs. So they're a big thing. But like when I went to university, I sort of stopped doing that so much. And these days I don't really drink. So yeah, I do often order a cup of tea rather than a pint. And play billiards. Play billiards. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cribbage or whist. Um, let's well, I, let's see if we can find the perfect place that serves all three, all three of us up. So that's a little summary of what might be coming up. Some things set in stone, some things to be recorded yet. But what we can assure you is that all will be entertaining. And Jack, Hannah, and myself will be chatting at the end of each one. Just and we'll be hopefully reading some of your emails. Do get in touch. My email address is editor at countryfile.com. I always love to receive your emails. It's brilliant to have them. Sometimes we print them in the magazine as well, and they do get lots of good responses. Do also leave likes and feedback on whichever podcast provider you use. It's so helpful to us. But for now, 
we're going to leave it there. Thank you guys for your great input as ever. And thank you for listening. Until next week, bye-bye.